Our dear loving Father in heaven, blessed be your holy name, O Lord, for giving us another opportunity to fellowship with you. It's a it's a it's an opportunity that we value very much. Our dear Lord, once again we pray for the Holy Spirit to deeply impress on our hearts the attributes of God, his character as we study your word, getting to know you. A lot is dependent on the words that I use and the things that I say. Please, Lord, put me under your arms. Put your words in my mouth that I may speak blessings to your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. February 10. The Compassionate Healer. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and was moved with compassion towards them, and he healed their sick. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. Jesus, precious Savior, never seemed to become weary of the opportunities of the sin-sick souls, and the sick with all kinds of diseases. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them. Mark chapter 6 verse 34 This means a great deal to the suffering ones. He identified his interest with theirs. He shared their burdens. He felt their fears. He had yearning pity that was pain to the heart of Christ. Oh, what love! What matchless love! He has become one with us that he might share with humanity in all their experience. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Humanity is not to be demerited as a cheap and common thing. Christ clothed his divinity with humanity that humanity might be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. Man is the object of his solicitude and great love. Redemption. Oh, how much is comprehended in the word. All who will consent to be redeemed are uplifted and sanctified. Redeemed through Jesus Christ from all commonness and earthliness and enabled to cooperate with God in the great work of salvation. Jesus accepted humanity and revealed in his own life and character what man may be even when, in the providence of God, he is placed in the poorest circumstances of life. He had not even a penny wherewith to pay the tax money exacted and wrought a miracle to obtain the little sum. Jesus, precious Savior, was homeless and often hungry. He had not where to lay his head. He was wearied oft. Humanity is honored because Jesus assumed humanity to reveal to the world what humanity may become. He came to bring life and immortality to light, to fill the commonplace, homeless pursuits of life with brightness. Jesus is bending over us, searching into our characters to see if his own character 
is reflected in us. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Compassionate Healer. The results of sin are twofold upon man. Sin brought about the sickness of the soul, which is what we call sin itself. That's the propensity to sin, the love for evil. And also sin brought about the sickness of the body. We are prone to disease. Eventually, our bodies wear off, get old, and we die. For these reasons, God seeks to heal us. Jesus has compassion upon our sin-sick souls and upon our bodies that are afflicted with illnesses and the fact that we get old and die. The death of Jesus takes care of the death that man was supposed to die on account of his sins. But even though Jesus has died for our sins, our souls are still somewhat sin-sick in the sense that unless we accept him, his death has not had its effect on us. To the sin-sick soul, Jesus is offering help. Our souls are sin-sick because it needs healing from the curse of sin. The prophet Isaiah describes it this way in the book of Isaiah 1 verse 4 to 6. Our sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evil doers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart faint from the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores they have not been closed neither bound up neither mollified with ointments this is our state brothers and sisters but how does god intend to lift us up from this our sorry state it was part of the mission of Jesus to heal man from both the sickness of the soul and the sickness of the body. At the beginning of his mission, he read the following from the book of Isaiah. Luke 4 verse 17 to 19 says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Man is described here as being poor, brokenhearted, in captivity, blind, imprisoned and bruised. In these words, we also see the solution for the sin-sick soul. Everything Jesus says here speaks of an upliftment for man's sorry state. He says it is by preaching. It is the preaching of the gospel that makes the poor rich. That's why he says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach. He didn't say he has anointed me to rot miracles. Preaching, we don't know. But preaching, 
is the greater miracle than that of just healing the body. The main thing that needs healing is the soul. The body is not to be treated as though it is not important because the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus himself said, first clean that which is inside, then that which is outside will be clean. The preaching of the gospel heals the sin-sick soul. The word heals the broken-hearted. It delivers the captive of sin, gives sight to the blind, and sets at liberty those who are bruised. Man is in a constant warfare with sin, and he sustains many bruises from this war. Many are in captivity to the habits of sin. There is a poverty of the soul that leads to many low and degrading habits. Selfishness has made us captives and our compassionate Savior, realizing this, said that he has come to preach. The kind of poverty here is not money that solves the problem. It is preaching. That's why it says, the Spirit of the Lord is is upon me, has anointed me, not to give money to the poor, but to preach the gospel to the poor and the poverty here is the poverty of the soul and not just the poverty of the soul even the poor in finance too because today there are many churches that they buy tickets to hear something that is not even close to the gospel but the Lord came to give the gospel free of charge when the disciples of John the Baptist came to ask Jesus Jesus whether he was the Messiah one of the things he told them to tell John is tell him that the gospel is preached to the poor and it was literally the poor. It is the preaching of the gospel that heals. And all these poverty, bruises, captivity that man is passing through, the word of God is what heals. In Matthew 13 verse 15, Jesus speaking about how he wants to heal and where people were rejecting him, he said, For these people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. What was it that Jesus was going to use to heal? It is the opening of their ears to hear. He said, The people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes are closed. If the eyes were open and the ears were open and the heart was open, what would Jesus have done? It is the preaching of the word. And it is that preaching of the word that would make them to understand. And they will be converted and then Jesus will have healed them. We need to open our ears to Jesus. But much more than that, having opened our ears and our eyes and have received him into our heart, We need to be like him, the compassionate healer. You know, concerning this passage, we need to understand how ourselves, first of all, can receive the healing. The heart and the mind need to work together in order for the healing that Jesus wants to give to us to have an effect, in order for it to have an effect. Because the truth needs to go both to the heart and to the mind. It's reading from Desire of Ages, page 455, paragraph 3. It says, My teaching is not mine, Jesus said, but his that sent me. If any man willeth to do his will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. John 7, verse 16 and 17. The question of these cavillas Jesus met, not by answering the cavil, but by opening up truth vital to the salvation of the soul. The perception and appreciation of truth, he said, depends less upon the mind than upon the heart. 
truth must be received into the soul. It claims the homage of the will. If truth could be submitted to the reason alone, pride would be no hindrance in the way of its reception. But it is to be received through the work of grace in the heart. And its reception depends upon the renunciation of every sin that the Spirit of God reveals. Let's take it step by step here. So if Jesus wants to heal us, the truth must be submitted not just to our reason but to our heart. What does it mean for the truth to to be submitted to the heart? That means we are to receive it not just as it being factually, theoretically true. That is the mind. But when it comes to the heart, it depends on the renunciation of every sin that God reveals to us. If we receive the truth in the heart, if we must receive healing of our soul, then when you hear the truth, you don't just accept it and say it is true, but rather we must renounce the sin that the truth is exposing to us. We must take it out of the way so that the truth can enter into the heart. And if it doesn't enter the heart, that was what happened to the Pharisees. Their heart was waxed gross. They did not allow the truth to enter into their heart so that they can receive the healing of their soul so that they can be converted. They could assent to many things Jesus said. When they ask him questions and he answers them, they will say, okay, it's true. They asked him one time, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. They didn't question him. When they asked him other questions about divorce, marriage, taxes, when he answers them, they keep quiet. Why? The truth has entered their mind. It is reasonable to them. They know he's telling the truth. But the truth was not entering their heart. Their heart was waxed gross. Therefore, the compassionate healer could not heal them. For us to be compassionate healers like Jesus, we must first be healed. And we must open our hearts. And to be very literal, opening the heart means after your mind has accepted something to be truth, put away that sin that the truth has exposed, that the Spirit of God has revealed. Renounce it. If it is not renounced, the truth cannot enter the heart. The sin that you have not renounced is blocking the truth from entering the heart. I'll continue the reading. It says, Man's advantages for obtaining a knowledge of the truth, however great these may be, will prove of no benefit to him unless the heart is open to receive the truth and there is a conscientious surrender of every habit and practice that is opposed to its principles. To those who thus yield themselves to God, having an honest desire to know and to do his will, the truth is revealed as the power of God for their salvation. These will be able to distinguish between him who speaks for God and him who speaks merely for himself. The Pharisees had not put their will on the side of God's will. They were not seeking to know the truth, but to find some excuse for evading it. Christ showed that this was why they did not understand his teaching. End of quote. So why is it that they didn't understand? They were always looking for excuses. They were not seeking to know the truth. They were finding excuses for evading it. Should the compassionate healer heal you today, don't find excuses. But let the truth enter the heart. Yield and surrender to him. In describing the consequences of sin, the prophet Hosea says in Hosea 4 verse 6, My people are are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So from there we see, it is a knowledge of God that gives life and in lack of this knowledge makes us perish. We saw in our devotion today that Christ the compassionate healer 
came for the sake of redemption. And it says redemption. Oh, how much is comprehended in the word. All who will consent to be redeemed are uplifted and sanctified. Redeemed through Jesus Christ from all commonness and earthliness. And enabled to cooperate with God in the great work of salvation. So there are two things that has been take, that must take place. Like I, I've been talking about this, the first part which is being redeemed from all commonness and earthliness. Then the second part is to cooperate with God. But before we talk about the cooperation with God, we need to understand what redemption entails. What I just read now was that I may know him, page 47, paragraph 4. So what is redemption? Lift him up, page 162, paragraph 2 says, Redemption is that process by which the soul is trained for heaven. This training means a knowledge of Christ. It means emancipation from ideas, habits and practices that have been gained in the school of the prince of darkness. The soul must be delivered from all that is that is opposed to loyalty to God. End of quote. So we see it is only through the preaching of the word that the sin sickness of man can be taken care of. Many are deeply entrenched in errors which are confirming them in eternal death in the future and even now. It is making life miserable. Man is in need of emancipation from ideas, habits and practices that he has gained in the school of Satan. This is the primary kind of deliverance that man needs. And in order for us to be delivered and set free, the word of God must be heard and we must renounce every sin, yield to Jesus, submit to him. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions, destructive habits and practices, soul and body destroying errors that we have imbibed, the soul destructive doctrines. What is it that heals us from these destructions that come from the errors, superstitions that we imbibe and the habits and practices? It is the word of God. The truth must be known for only the truth has the ability to set us free. To those who are chained in habits of sin in need of deliverance, it is the word that can set them free. Jesus says in John 8 verse 31 and 32, Then said Jesus to those Jews that believed in him, If you continue in my word, that is the solution, my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It is only through the truth that we can be sanctified. John 17 verse 17 Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And what is this word? The Spirit of God. John 6 verse 63 It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. As we see the world perishing for lack of knowledge, people giving heed to doctrines of devils and seducing spirits, we are to have compassion on them and seek to heal them like our Lord Jesus. In Matthew 9 verse 35 to 38, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. What was his primary work? Teaching in their synagogues. It is the teaching that heals the people. So this was a healing of the soul. Teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That is the first work. Then the second work of healing the body, it says in verse 35 still, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That is the work that we have to do. But I'm talking of the first part today. Subsequently, we'll talk about the second part, which is the one of healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Today, I'm talking about the healing of the soul. 
that Jesus, the compassionate healer, wants to do, which is teaching through the preaching of the gospel. That is how he does that. In verse 36 it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now reason with me, brothers and sisters, what kind of laborers was needed here? Is it laborers to heal the soul or laborers to heal the body? It was the soul. Remember that in Matthew 9 verse 35, it had already said that Jesus had healed every single sickness and every single disease among these people. So why then was he moved with compassion on them? It is because of the sin, sickness of the soul. That is why he was moved with compassion. Because the work of healing the soul is not like the one of healing the body where he just speaks and they have faith and then they are healed. Even though he preaches, the fact is that the work has not been done. It takes a long time for the soul's sickness to be healed. And he could not even do everything by himself. So much that in his humanity, Jesus said, I need more laborers. That is the solution. Even Jesus himself in his humanity could not do all the work. And it is for this reason that we are to learn how to properly preach the word for the redemption of man. For us to have compassion like Jesus had on those who are fainting because they are perishing for lack of knowledge. If we must be compassionate healers like our Lord Jesus, we are to be laborers together with him. Look, it is one thing to be compassionate, but it's another thing to be a compassionate healer. As we have already learned in our devotion day before yesterday, Compassion means to have a deep awareness of the suffering of another, coupled with the wish to relieve it. But this is not enough. We must make ourselves useful in some way to save man from the sickness of his soul, which is slowly leading to his eternal death. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you been in that situation? I told the story before of the situation that I was in. I saw a man that was sick. I had compassion on him. I am my friend. But I didn't know what to do. Not that he needed my help. Somebody was already doing what needed to be done. But if that person was not there, all I could do would be to sit down like Job's friends in silence, looking, not knowing what to do. But having compassion, feeling his suffering, wishing I could do something about it. That is compassion. But to be the compassionate healer, you go beyond feeling. You go beyond wishing. But you become useful. We read about Jesus, that I may know him, page 47, paragraph 2. Jesus, precious Savior, never seemed to become weary of the importunities of the sin-sick souls and the sick with all kinds of diseases. End of quote. To make yourself useful for the sin-sick soul means that you should study the word of God and know the truth so that you can give it to others so that you can Bring them with the truth out of error so that you can comfort the grieving, preach the gospel to the poor, set set free those who are captives, those who are bruised from their war with sin. You can empower them with the gospel that they can be relieved. Those who are slaves and in chains to habits, you can through the gospel set them free. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 down to 21 says, 
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So what is the power of God? The preaching of the cross. If you must be a compassionate healer, not just a compassionate person, you should know the word of God so that you can preach it because it is power the power of God. Verse 19 says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this, of this world? For after that the wisdom of for after that in the wisdom of God the world by verse 21 now says, For after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. The preaching, the words we speak can lift people up. Can, If you are compassionate for the sin sickness of man, then we must learn to preach. We must learn to speak the word that will deliver. Proverbs 15 verse 23 says, A man had joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? And verse chapter 25 verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. That's how precious the word is to help man. Psalms 103 reading from verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. This passage shows the mercy of the Lord in healing us from the sickness of our soul and it shows us also what we should be intending to do. Jesus did not say he wants to do the work alone. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers, showing us that we are to be the laborers together with God. We are the ones who are to be compassionate healers along with the Lord, healing the soul of man from its sickness of sin. In Psalms 145 verse 8 and 9, it tells us that the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great and of great mercy. He is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. And the word of God encourages us to know that God is merciful, trying to heal us of our diseases. In Psalms 147 verse 2 and 3 says, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Amen. And God intends for us to do the same thing. If there is one gift you should seek for, the word of God advises us. Seek to have the gift to preach the gospel, which is called prophesying. Because those who do that, the Bible says that they edify the church. In other words, they lift the church up. In other words, they are compassionate healers. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, reading from verse 1 to 3 says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Prophesying means teaching. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Howbeit he is speaking mysteries. 
In comparison, he says, but he that prophesied speaks to men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Brothers and sisters, you can pray to the Lord. Make me a compassionate healer of the body and the soul. We will look at the body in tomorrow's devotion, but today I focused on the healer of the soul, which is a work that if you pray to the Lord, like it says here, covet spiritual gifts, but seek more for the gift of prophesying. Because it is through this gift that the soul is healed. Our Lord Jesus, even though he was poor, he could do this. The major work he came for. Matthew 1 verse 21, he shall save his people from their sins. People are not saved from their sins primarily by the healing of the body. Secondarily, yes, it plays a very pivotal, important role. But the healing of the soul is done by the preaching of the gospel. That I may know him, page 47, paragraph 5. Jesus, precious Savior, was homeless and often hungry. He had not where to lay his head. He was wearied oft. Humanity is honored because Jesus assumed humanity to reveal to the world what humanity may become. He came to bring life and immortality to light, to fill the commonplace, homeliest pursuits of life with brightness. Jesus is bending over us searching into our characters to see if his own character is reflected in us end of quote what character are we looking at today the compassionate healer is that character reflected in you are you a healer of the soul like jesus if you are not the lord is inviting you to be a laborer together with him to be a compassionate healer not just a compassionate person that you may preach and speak words to people that will convert them. But we must first open our hearts. If we are not healed of our own sin sickness, how then can we heal others? May the Lord help us to open our hearts and receive Him, not just to intellectually make an ascent to the truth, but to allow the truth to come into our hearts, yield to it, put away all our sins, that the truth may have a lodging place in our hearts. May this be our experience, that we may be compassionate healers. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for these blessings you've given to us in these words we have heard. We ask for your grace and your mercy upon us. Help us indeed to be compassionate healers. Thank you, Lord, for being so compassionate towards our sin-sick souls. Thank you for all the heavenly agencies and even earthly agencies that has been set in place and in motion to, to bring about our healing. And we pray that you will not give up on us. And we ask that you empower us to work with you. That we may be compassionate healers like you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. This message was brought to you by the angel with a strong voice. A ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for his imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org that is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org